Welcome to the Big Red Rundown, the best 30 to 45 minutes of your day that we will definitely not go longer than. As four diehard fans of Nebraska sports, we thought we'd spend our time wasting yours talking about Nebraska football, basketball, volleyball, baseball, and anything else that involves the University of Nebraska and her athletic department. So to kick off episode three, boys, I want to ask you guys one question. Can you can you go ahead and sum this game up for me in in one word? Oof. Yeah. Oh, oh is that your word? Is that even O-O-F. <laughs> Unfortunately, mine's just going to be same. Like, same. Just, mm. it's just the same. Yeah. Mine's going to be shame. Shame. Oh. Mine, I, almost <laughs> said, no. I almost said expected, of just which is maybe a little more yeah. even sad. I don't than. know why. I don't know why. Whenever you said oof, the first thing that came to my mind was flatulent. So. What? I don't know. I don't think that describes <laughs> okay. that game okay. at all. Okay. But it's pretty gross. And that game was pretty gross. Um, guys, it's only three of us this week. Drew's kind of dealing with some family stuff, so we're going to we're gonna power through this. But we want to give a quick shout-out to our producer, our, our producer and our recorder and our mm. guy that makes us sound good, Matthias Matley. Woo! Yeah, dude. Woo! He brought us donuts this morning. Krispy Kreme donuts. Krispy Kreme donuts, yeah, at that. So uh, he so knows much. the pain that we're feeling in this moment as an Iowa fan. They've sucked for so long that... He just, he knows after every game that they lose. I'll take the pity at this point, <laughs> tell you, honestly. I'll, I'll take the pity. The donuts are good. The game was not good. We we got oof. We got same. We got flatulent as our words to describe the game. But uh, it was rough. Honestly, it was just rough. I was telling James yesterday, we worked together. And so we were, we were kind of killing some time talking. It actually made me late for something that I needed to do in in, sorry. in my business. I'm so sorry. thanks, James. But no, it was it was totally fine. Um, but I was saying, man, this was the first week that I was genuinely like sad. Like I'm usually mad or like frustrated or like fired up. This week was just like, yeah, this is I'm just this is this is sad. I'm yeah. over it, man. So yeah. when did you guys know that the game was like done? Like this game's over. It's done. Oh for sure. Um so, for you guys, we uh, we got to watch the game together as the Big Red Rundown crew. So oh, we yeah. watched the game, which was cool. And there was this moment where all four on the couch, and Adrian Martinez rips it for 75 yards for a touchdown, and not one of us clap, not one of us celebrate. We just sit there with our arms crossed, just looking at the TV, just in disappointment. Oh, yeah. And that's kind of when I knew, I'm like, yeah, this game's over. If none of us are excited right now yeah. about this, we're pretty much done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nebraska just historically is not good at coming back from behind. I think the last big come from behind win was like Ohio State in, was it like twenty, like 2010 or something like that? I felt like we had a big comeback where I thought the game was over. Yeah. And and so I think I, I knew it was gone when Adrian fumbled it. And then they I, I knew it was gone when he fumbled it. But then they also returned <laughs> it for a touchdown, which then I was like, Oh, yeah, okay. I thought they shut the door on the fumble, and then we locked it ourselves when we let him return it for a touchdown. <laughs> so, fumble, so, game over. Great. Yeah, and then the, the six is like, oh, wow, we want a little cherry on top. Okay, cool. Yeah, I guess we can do that, too. That's cool, I guess. Oof. Yeah, that one was a big oof. I, I had flashbacks, honestly, to last year when we played Illinois coming off of Penn State. We thought we were high and mighty, and first play of the games, that backwards pass that goes out of bounds, that it ends up being a fumble. They take like 10 minutes to review it. Ends up being a fumble, and then Illinois drives down and scores. And I was like, dude, this game is 
I was like, this game's done for sure. Last year, this year it came. There's a big old cricket on our <laughs> table. Big old this cricket. cricket just wants in on the podcast, dude. <laughs> He's hopping up on that mic. He's like, let me give my two cents too. Gosh, that was <laughs> I knew the game was over when that cricket jumped on the table. No, the game was over whenever, honestly, whenever Cam Taylor caught that stupid punt, dude. I knew it was the first quarter or something too. It was zero to zero. It's like their first possession they were punting and. In my head, I didn't want to like. I didn't want to say anything because we know it's the first quarter and all that. But man, catching a punt on the one yard line, running backwards into the end zone, and then throwing it back out of the compounding the issue by throwing it forward out of the end zone after already yeah, catching it. Yeah, luckily that. I mean, it didn't. It literally didn't change anything because he they like yeah. his knee was down and stuff. I I think the I knew that game was over at that fumble because having two captains make the two dumbest mistakes oh, dude. of the game, how can you expect anything else from the rest of the team? Dude, two these are like the, four the year these are like, starting captains. Yeah, like these are, yeah, they've been there for a long time and they're making dumb mistakes. And especially when I saw Cam Taylor Britt throw the ball. Oh, that, is, dude. that is never a good strategy. It's to just <laughs> like chuck it over your shoulder and hope that somehow you get a bounce. Yeah. That, and then he That's was like, like the Cardinals. No. He's thing. like, what? You could see him. He's like, well, I threw it. I like, I threw it forward, and everybody's running off the field. He's like, dude, there's no way like, you're just gonna like, miss. That's it? actually why the rules there are so you can't do that. Yeah, exactly. You can't just be like, oh, I threw it. In my head, I was like, maybe they can, he can kind of pull off like, oh, it slipped out of my hand and went forward. Yeah, in Nebraska, we don't get those calls. No, we don't. We're not ever getting those. I don't think anybody's ever gonna get those, honestly. But in my head, I was like, that's done. Like the game's done there. And then whenever. Whenever we missed the extra point on our first touchdown oh to go gosh. up nine to two, our, we could have gotten up ten to two. I was like, "Yeah, we're our Big Ten kicker of the year last year, guys." I was my breakout two, player. Misses oh. two PATs. My oh, breakout dude. player. Who guess that? <laughs> no, my, I think my, my breakout player was actually the punting, and it's just it's just the, I think so. Oh, here's 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 arguably one, worse. Yeah, than here's the I guess I want to get into we, like we have this question: what, Who do you think played the worst, best, in any facet of the game? Whatever, whether it's a position group or actual player, but. I think that the hard part for me, and maybe maybe we can talk about this uh, like during that healthy debate thing, but I really just felt like everything is the same from last year, and I think that's just like it's just more of like I really hope that this that's just not how the season goes. If it goes exactly mm-hmm. like last year, because then there's all these other things that will happen. Scott Frost, if he has a season like last year, he just will get fired. I think that's yeah. I think that's and like at the, the end of the day, outcome. And then at the end of the day, we have to do a whole new rebuild and neither of the last two have gone well. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's just like, it's exhausting to think that it's going to be this way for the next two years. But yeah, exactly. so let's get into who do we, who do we think played the worst and best in any facet of the game? I'd like to start off. I want I think Fladarius Payne. I just think the D line played, Man. they played well. They, they did what they needed to do. They had the one drive coming out of the second half where they just got kind of pounded. And we just like, I was like, oh, wow, they're really going to open up the game here. But then the defense played well the rest of the half. They only scored one touchdown. Mm-hmm. And so, Honestly, I think that D-line, like, I don't know really what I thought the expectations were of them, but I thought they played. Yeah. I thought they played They played well enough for us to win that game. Yeah, I think and that, that's really what you want to expect. And that's one of our deepest position groups, I feel. I, I mean, I, I remember hearing pregame the, talking about, man, Tony Tuioti's got him, you know, seven, eight deep at that front line position. And, yeah. I mean, we saw him in there. We saw Robinson. We saw Casey Rogers didn't play, but we saw Damian Jackson was playing, and he was making some plays out there, chasing guys down. Our defensive line, I thought, played played 
extremely well as well. Tony in the Tony first half, we had going. three sacks and five tackles for a loss. Yeah, we're looking oh, great gosh, out there. Yeah, and first then within the first twelve minutes of the game, that, yeah, that we was just looked, we were all over the place unreal. just owning Illinois' offensive line. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so this is this is one of the more frustrating tweets that I saw, but it, it kind of highlights how how good the defense was origin like in in the the origin of the game black shirts had six tackles for losses three sacks they only allowed four and a half yards per play and only 3.3 yards per rush they had a uh, fumble recovered they had an, a should be interception and illinois was three for seven on third downs and the defense has only allowed seven points at this point in the game and they're still losing 16 to nine at halftime that was a half Mm-hmm. That's like Dang. a crazy defensive line, like create like like overall statistics. And like, that was at halftime. That was at halftime, and we were losing sixteen to nine with those stats. Like that blows my mind. But that started with the defensive line getting getting pressure, getting sacks, getting TFLs. Yeah, I thought that was Feldair and Feldairi's pain was a monster, man. It just seemed like he was in on everything. Yeah, and if he didn't get the tackle, it's like. The, the the quarterback stepped up in the pocket because he was coming. Mm-hmm. And so it just felt like he was just all over the place, and it was cool to see. Yeah. Yeah, it was – the game was the same old story from last year. Defense is carrying the team. Yeah. And it breaks your heart because the defense is doing literally everything you would want it to do. And our offense can't just do anything with it, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. just so frustrating. Chris, who do you have um, is played the played the best this weekend? Yeah, so another guy that was just all over the field. He's hard not to miss because he's kind of just – very boastful in a good way. Like Garrett Nelson, man, that guy, he was a train. I've liked the progress that I've seen each year. He just seems to continue to get better and better, which is super cool to see. Um, yeah, he just is all over the field, just like pain. Um, uh, but I also want to give a shout out to Oliver Martin as well. As wide yeah. Receiver. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I was actually, as a group, I was pretty, pretty satisfied with our wide receiver talent that we saw. Mm-hmm. Um, Oliver Martin, especially he was making some big plays out there. Um, oh, yeah, he had over 100 great yards catches. receiving, which is pretty cool. Well, um, then they, they put catches. him back at punting, at like right. returning punts. He too, was just so kind of all over. I think when I saw that, I was like, oh, wow, the coaches must think really, really highly of him and his ability. Yeah, if I could take back, I still like Casey Rogers, but if I could take back a, a breakout player, it'd probably yeah. be a guy like Oliver Martin. Just looking at what he did last year, he transferred in like midseason and he still got playing time at Nebraska. Mm-hmm. He was still in the starting lineup. Towards the end of the they season. Yeah, he couldn't even practice in the spring or much in the fall. No, he, yeah, because, he transferred in like mid-season, which yeah, is crazy. He, and couldn't, then, he didn't get cleared. But the guy, is he's a speedster. He's known to be one of the fastest guys on the team. He looks to have great hands. I made a comment to you, James, during the game. I'm like, he kind of, just him being solid kind of reminds me of a little Nate Swift. Just one of those oh, man. reliable guys. Back. Um, and so I was really impressed with him, but... Man, Garrett Nelson, I love what I'm, love what I'm seeing from that guy as well. Yeah, exactly. I was the same way. I have Garrett Nelson as my breakout. He was he was all over the place the whole game, man. He was he just yeah, he really was his his motor just doesn't stop running. He just keeps pushing, keeps going. He was a a, a threat on the outside. He was getting pressure. He I think he had a sack and a half. I think he was in on on another one. He had a lot of a lot of QB pressure. He man. And I've seen this all over Twitter. This is like a common thing. And I think it might be a common thing on the team that I hope kind of maybe infects the team. If if every player just had his attitude, like his passion and his attitude, dude, we would win the national championship. If everybody just played their position, like Garrett Nelson plays his position, you know, no fear. He embodies no fear he, of failure. He really does. And I feel, man, when we get into who played the worst, I, I don't want to like huh. just continue to 
hit this horn all the time, but Adrian Martinez did not play with a no. fear of failure. No. It felt like the whole time, I think, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's, and obviously I've never played quarterback, so I don't know like all the things. And I think it is being the quarterback at Nebraska is a lot of pressure. Oh, yeah. Well, but, yeah there's a lot of pressure. And so, but there is like multiple times, and it's just, it's been the consistent, the, the fumble, and maybe like, I'll give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. That was coming, it was coming from behind him. It's not like he was running and didn't tuck it. So I'll give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt on that fumble, but as he was trying to step in the pocket. But regardless, he missed multiple wide open receivers. I saw this a couple tweets about um, some from like a, guys that were at the game kind of watching it and they're how like receivers are open downfield and then like something bad happens and they're just kind of like they put their hands up in the air and they're like, I'm open. And there's like, fr- I think that, oh, that, yeah. that generates a frustration long term when you have athletes that can get there. And we've talked about the receiver core and how, oh how good gosh, they are man. and how we've been and how big they are, how tall they are. And the few times that we did throw it deep, we had two 40 yard passes. And they, first of they, all, they, they that's weren't the, open. Yeah. They weren't open. Yeah. They were covered. Yeah. And it's like the first one, Adrian put a great ball on it. And we all said, man, I hope that really gets some confidence in him, like for the rest of this game. Yeah. And, it just didn't. Nothing. Nothing and came of it. I mean, Oliver, Oliver Martin, I think, was it him in the end zone that just went off his fingertips? Oh, no, like, I think it was White Lever. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah. he, like, diving back. But it's like, he was wide open. He was wide, wide open. Multiple passes. And it's like, at, at the end of the day, it's like, open. man, I really I really wish he caught that ball. But that's not really on him. Like, no, the and quarterbacks, that put us up 14. Yeah, yeah. The quarterback's got to, or 13 because we missed 13 a PAT. 13 because we missed a PAT. <laughs> Probably would have missed another one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just starts crying. <laughs> give so me one awesome. of those donuts, dude. Give me some. <laughs> give me some chicken, <laughs> dude. Okay, yeah. So about the quarterback, this is kind of a, a tangent, but I think it'd be a good discussion. No, it's good. It's good. So I think looking at even the recruiting for our quarterbacks the past few years, I think Nebraska might be starting to go a different direction because when Scott first came in, mm-hmm. I think what they looked for first was just they're still looking for athleticism, but they almost were caring more about like, hey, is this guy a good runner? Mm-hmm. Like Logan Smothers. I think he has a decent arm, but you can tell he's he's definitely better of a runner. Yeah. Same, I think, with a little bit with Adrian Martinez, Luke McCaffrey. Yep. He had a kind of an arm, but they had to do. Luke McCaffrey should be a running back, and now he's jumping around colleges trying right. to, and they're all like, maybe you should play a running back. But it yeah. looks like we're kind of yeah. making a little bit of a switch with Heinrich. He's still yep. very athletic and still oh, run the ball, but yeah, the guy's man. just got a cannon and he's got an arm. Yeah. And now this Richard Torres guy that we're recruiting, Reese Mooney eight is another guy that game, we're looking at in and the and future. Yep. Yeah, and like Dylan so, it's Riola, almost like Dylan Ryle five going to be a five star right? quarterback. It's almost like we're like looking at our quarterback position. We're like, okay, we are valuing the ability to do the option and running, which is still a good thing for your quarterback to have. But if he if he cannot throw and just hit your targets, if he can't hit your playmakers, we're seeing this right now. Like that's just hurting our team. Oh, it, yeah. Like we we're having this discussion of man, what would it look like? I know he's out of here; it's long gone. But if if Tristan Jebby was here today. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not saying he's as dynamic as Adrian Martinez, but is he just hitting our play mar- playmakers and, yeah. and making giving, plays, just, just dishing the getting ball the out. ball to our skill players? Like, would that make a difference in this Nebraska offense? And I think we're seeing that transition in how we're recruiting QBs mm-hmm. as we're just almost looking for guys to say, we need to make sure you're getting the ball to playmakers. Yeah, Because yeah. if you're recruiting the skill position, you're going to need that. Otherwise, guys are like, well, I'm not getting the ball. So yeah, that's, a, that's a really good point because even at the beginning of – Adrian Martinez's career, we did a lot of screen passes, mm-hmm. a lot of like read zone reads, like even running the option a little bit. Like that's that's like what we recruited him to do. And now we have receiver talent that you can throw it up, and they probably have a chance of getting it. We have fast, big receivers that they should be getting the ball downfield. And 
we didn't recruit Adrian to do that. Mm. And I don't know if they're just trying to like stick with him to mold him into doing that. But I think that's why it's a little frustrating is like, it feels like the things we want him to do now are not things that we originally needed him to do. Mm -hmm. And it's, that's been the hardest adjustment of them all. I think the most frustrating thing is that we hear from the coaches that he does it. We hear all the time that he does it in practice. Yeah, and can it's you see like, this practice game film? Dude, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I need to see what some are you practice. Talking film? about like I need to. I need to try and get into a practice now that I'm a media member. I'm gonna get into <laughs> practice. Yeah, what are we gonna, gonna watch do? him throw? I'm, I just want to watch him throw the ball in practice and see like our DBs are, are like are they even playing? Is he hitting open guys? We've seen videos of him hitting receivers in stride. I just don't know how it it, it is. It just the pressure has, of the game. I don't that's know. Just dude. throwing him off. You how could I mean? it like? And then it comes down to coaching at that point. I was listening to the the boys on the radio this morning talk about, man, it's a six-inch issue between your ears. Like, that's the only explanation for the last four years at this point with the game that we just saw. It is all. It has to all be mental. Right, because and how he are has... You not, how are you not getting prepared enough throughout the week to get into a game like that where you crumble, crumble to the ground after the slightest the slightest bit of duress. Yeah, because on paper, Adrian Martinez has everything you want in a quarterback, especially for the Scott Frost system. He yep. does have an arm. He can make the throws. Uh, he, he is a weapon with his legs. But you're right. It, it's There yeah. seems to be something there that's just the pressure just gets to him sometimes, and he just misses those open throws that he's probably just nailing in practice. Yeah. And so it's just, man, how do you get over that hump? Yeah. And if he gets over that hump, I think this will... The game looks completely different, but then also our season looks different. So hopefully that gets well, we got, around. We got three weeks before we go to Oklahoma and hopefully AM oh, and man. AM two and my my least improved player for the game, Cam Taylor Britt, man, he I think he botched it. I think he he did not play great coverage on the outside. Receivers were getting open. He had one interception that just fell into his lap that got turned over, and then he got called for taunting after that. So it's like he could literally, it seemed like he couldn't do anything right. He got taken out from punt returning. I think we got three weeks for him, for AM2, for the other captains to step up and get this team turned around. But I think, I mean, if, if, I, if I'm looking at my prediction from the, last, from the last episode where we gave our predictions for the season, I confidently said eight and four. I, I, think, I think that was solid. But if we, if we have the same play from the same players for the rest of the season, I can't see us going much better than four and eight. Yeah, and... You know, I don't think I think if you look at everyone across the board of their predictions for this game but also this season, like it's not like I don't think everyone was just drinking the Kool-Aid this offseason because the difference between this team which should have been better is on paper we are supposed to be better, right? Like it looks like we should be going into a different direction. So mm -hmm. I don't think like sure we might have been a little bit optimistic but I also don't think we were being super unrealistic based off of the team that we see on paper and what should be the development of the players mm -hmm. in the offseason. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So I don't think we're all just like crazy Nebraska fans for guessing seven wins or eight wins because pretty much everyone else did that. And everyone else pretty much was thinking the best bet of, of the weekend was Nebraska by seven. Thinking, of course yeah, when I watched that show seven. Daily Wagers on yeah. on SportsCenter, they said that was the that was the best bet of the weekend. Yeah, so Plus. I think everyone's a little caught by surprise of how poorly we played on Saturday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think my my prediction, I think it's funny because last week I did say, I was like, if I had to bet my house on it, though, I probably would say Nebraska's 66. <laughs> and <laughs> it's really unfortunate because... Did you bet your house on it, though? Um, I did, and so I, oh, I actually, like... 
good thing I don't have a lot of equity. I haven't owned it that long. So it's really not that big of a deal to me. You pretty much live in a cardboard box. Yeah. So, um, no, but for real, I, th- I do think we probably will be six and six. I think really the only thing that changes is I think a game like this, like, and I'll, I have things to say in the healthy debate, so I'll save it for then. But then I think basically we see a game like this where it gets down to the last possession of the game. We played so horrible the whole game. And somehow we still have a chance that if we can put a drive together, we can take it to overtime, which blows my mind. <laughs> And that's I th- and so because of that, I'm basically going to say, yeah, we lost that first game, and I think we'll lose to Michigan. So that's how I get to six and six. I yeah. think everything's the same, but I just think if we can't if we can't put it together at Illinois, I know first game of the year, but I, I just think like even a better team in Michigan, mm-hmm. I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. Yep. I'm with you, James. Within six and six, I was seven and five, almost going eight, but I stuck with seven. I'm going to get dropped down to six, and I'm kind of this could change, of course, as the season goes on. But I feel like Nebraska right now is that team that just plays to their competition. So if the competition isn't that great, like I feel like we kind of stoop down to their level. And I also kind of feel like if we have a bigger challenge, not at like a challenge like Oklahoma, but like at Michigan State or or Northwestern, who you know are going to play you well. Yeah, we I think Nebraska, show up. Yeah, I think Nebraska will show up in those games and play to the competition, but I'm just scared of games like Purdue. Now, of course, we lost to Illinois. Like, are we going to play down to their competition to a point where we Minnesota just kick ourselves on in the, the butt yeah. and we just lose? And so I'm sticking at six and six. And I'm flirting um, with five and seven now, now that you're talking about that. <laughs> oh, I'm six and six, but I'm just kind of, I don't know. Right now, I really don't know who that is of six wins, like who we're going to beat. But I feel like somehow, some way, we're going to get six this year. Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe this is probably a good time to bring it up. I don't know how many people are talking about it or how much, how much how realistic this is. I saw a tweet yesterday from just some random Twitter, Huskers Twitter account with, you know, like a thousand followers or something. And he said, my girlfriend works in the, you know, the president's department. And, uh, she, she saw an email come across her desk that, you know, uh, Scott Frost was called into a meeting with the president and his associates, you know, and then, you know, we're like, yeah, okay. I, we talked to our friends and they're like, yeah, that's probably not a thing. You know, the president doesn't have that, doesn't have that much, say in those you know kind of small issues in the school per se he kind of has to yeah, oversee like everything that, that's the point of the athletic director yeah but and then next thing we know the the guy that we were talking to who also works with us might be a, a future guest on the podcast aaron he was he was like well i mean i'm looking in the dark web and it seems like that was a real meeting but it was probably just like an expectation meeting and then you know the next thing that tweet gets deleted and I don't know. I, I, I just think that there needs there there needs to be and I hope there is a stern conversation with like, hey Scott, there's there's a new guy overseeing the athletic department and maybe him and Trev sit down and Trev says, you know, I've been following this for a while and seeing the same issues. This is our expectation moving forward and it just needs to get met. And if that's you have to get to a bowl game this year, I, I am perfectly okay with with Scott Frost turning this program around by any means necessary. If it, I I'm in the realm of, if it's not him, then who I, at this point, that's honestly, I, that's probably a lot of my, my like sadness that I felt is like, if it's not him, who's, who's it going to be? Like yeah. who's realistically going to come? Scott's a young coach and I think he has a long coaching career ahead of him. And if he gets fired from Nebraska, he'll probably go be an assistant somewhere else. Maybe another team would pick him up as a coach. But I do think he will be a successful coach throughout his career. I think mm-hmm. he's a good guy. I think he's a like a good face for Nebraska. It's just like I just want this to be going quicker. Exactly. I just think he needs the guys around him to to say, This is where you're messing up. And maybe he has it 
and and it's just maybe we'll find out today that like maybe there's a coaching change today not not from yeah. him but maybe man i think some that w- i think that would put i think that would put some of the fan base at ease a little bit yeah. is if like there was like we have a new quarterbacks coach something as simple as that or just we let go our quarterbacks yeah. coach there's there's no doubt in my mind that the guys the coaching staff scott frost they want to win more than anybody else right like first we're fans but like I, I 100% believe that Scott feels the pressure, and oh, I know that, it feels that. It. That could also mean like, is he putting too much on his shoulders and needs to get, delegate more? I don't know. We don't really know what that looks like behind the scenes, and so it's just going to be like, man, can they find that solution? Is it a coaching change? Is it scheme? Like whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. That's what's just going to be interesting to see. Like, are they? I don't think there's a a lack of passion or heart for Nebraska, but. It, it's going to come down to, like, are you problem solvers? Can you find a solution for what's going wrong with the Nebraska program? And if not, that's when the tough conversations are going to have to come in. Yeah, man. I, I just want them to happen sooner than later so that we can get this thing turned around. And we can, we're going to be a laughing stock for this next week probably because our, our – Oh, we're getting roasted. We're going to get roasted because the, con- the consecutive sellout streak is probably going to end – and that's the longest in the nation by far. It's probably going to be all over social media again. And even if we beat Fordham by 50 points, it's like, it's not going to change that much. Mm. I, I, you guys, are you, do you guys think the sellout streak will end this year? I, um, I still I think, think we got I think it. it will. And to be honest, I just, I don't care too much about yeah. it. I yeah. think that might be, might f- also take another unneeded weight off the shoulders of like, it just, it doesn't matter. Like it's, it's cool. It will always be always be the longest sellout streak in NCAA history that will never get broken. Yeah. I genuinely think like the next closest one's like 200 games behind, which is mm-hmm. 20 years or more. Yeah. yeah. Like that's insane. Um, but I just think it's like, you know, it's just another thing of like where Nebraska used to be and we just kind of have this thing. And I think it's like, it's, it's like that. D- don't forget you have to be good because of this. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I think we just need to like, no, we just need to win football games. It exactly. doesn't matter like the school. And it's also like, you could also also say we wouldn't have done this if we didn't add two expansions to the stadium, which we've, they've done, you know? And so yeah. now there's like, you can fit on like 96,000 people in there. Yeah. Maybe even more. And it's like, at some point they're just going to keep doing that to make more money. And then you'll, you will lose it eventually. I just don't think yeah. it matters. I, I, I don't actually, think it matters that much. I'll be, I'll be very surprised if the sellers trick ends, if I'm going to be honest, really? because I know businesses will buy tickets. Mm-hmm. I know, like I know Nebraska is going to try to keep that as much as they can. And I think they, there's a part of me that's like they should. And that comes from the athlete perspective, the NIL stuff coming in. Like, yeah, I there's like, like, there's also, a, there's more reason now to like, we have a ton of people here every week. Right. And that's, that is a recruiting draw as well. Right. So, so I'm, that's why I'm hoping reasons, it's still like the sell street continues. Cause that's just an easy sell point for Nebraska. That's unique to Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And so, especially with NIL, I think that plays to Nebraska's strengths. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm still hoping. And I also will be surprised if the sell yeah. ends this year. Well, yeah. let's get into some healthy debates. Um, this first one, I spent a couple minutes of the big three problems. Nebraska is currently, experiencing and has always experienced special teams woes penalties and inconsistent quarterback play what do you think is more hurtful to the team moving forward zane what do you think yeah i i've spent some time thinking about this too i think penalties have been a big issue i think they come at the most untimely time in the game you know this last game we only had maybe six penalties for which is which is better yeah for like 59 or 60 yards or something like that which isn't crazy when you look at it but Man, it came at the worst times. I think quarterback, inconsistent quarterback play has been bad. 
But I think if you have a bell cow running back, like the coaches have been telling us, we have three of them possibly like if, if that's a reality, I think that can overcome a lot of inconsistent quarterback play. And genuinely, I think at the tip of the tip of everything, the pinnacle of all of our problems comes with special teams. I think you, you botch punts, you get 20 yard punts multiple times a game that you, you can't receive a punt without running backwards. We haven't received a punt outside of the 10 yard line and seems like forever. We, we and that, catch. that kills momentum before the offense or defense gets on. We the have field. 90 yards to go, 95 yards to go at that point to to score. You know, even if we're winning at that point, it's like this just dumb. It just doesn't make any sense to me. We catch punts. We fair catch punts inside the five yard line. It seems like every year. Cam Taylor Britt botched a punt last year against Iowa when we were we were up. You know, they scored on that play. The next player, next two plays at that point. You know, he does the first punt received this year. It's the same thing. Missed two extra points. We, Based on special teams alone, we gave them four points by missing two extra points and, and the safety. That's that's half of what we lost by. Well, and then the safety is giving them the ball back And then they well. got the ball back, and then they drove down and scored and tied the game. It, or it, they went up, whatever. It was like, man, it's just, it's so difficult to see how we can consistently play that bad at, at special teams and and win any games like if we're gonna win at all in the future we have to fix the special teams i just don't i just i think that's worse than the penalties and the inconsistent quarterback play combined in my opinion it's like it's like hey uh alex henry what are you doing like do you want to just come <laughs> coach this like special teams unit can you just like be here like dude hitting a 57 yard field goal to win a game is a pipe dream at oh this point oh my gosh it's not even imagine hitting dude i was at the northwestern game two years ago when we won by a 27 yard field goal and it almost and, got blocked and in the the crowd was nervous dude <laughs> it was dead silent we were like shaking in our boots and i'm like this is not gonna go well we did have a walk-on <laughs> safety kicking the kicking the field goal though so i know oh, dude Lord. honestly it was like it's shout like out, worse than it felt like it was like worse than a coin toss of like if we're gonna make this but Chris, what do you think? Yeah, Zane, um, totally agree with you with with special teams. No, penalties. debate me. I actually will. <laughs> so, oh, all right. Um, you touched on it a little bit, um, and I, I do think our biggest problem is our lack of run game, because if you're gonna have everything like Illinois, give them props. They had a good game plan. They're like, we're gonna make Adrian Martinez beat us through the air. We're not gonna like. We're gonna stack the box. He could have. And he could have, which is kind of crazy. Um, we're going to stack the box and make it really hard to run the ball. And so that means we're just going to go ahead and have Adrian just try to try to throw it. And yeah. so our lack of run game is putting more pressure on our quarterback, which is already inconsistent, which just highlights the problem. And so we need to get some kind of running game going. Mm-hmm. I, I'm tired of seeing, especially all the hype of we got three guys. You know, I actually liked what I saw from Step this past game. Yeah, I, I mean, Irvin... He had a couple good runs here and there, but overall I liked the motor that I saw on step and a few good plays that he made. He just looked like a veteran out there. Made some cuts. He had a good he had a great catch on the sideline. Yeah, he just he just looked like a veteran. Um, based off of game one, he looks like okay, I could see that guy taking the lead mm-hmm. as the season goes on. But man, we just need a run game. We need to be able to run it on first and ten and be able to, you know what, we can get, get at four least or five. four yards. Yeah. Dude, I think we, we you know what I mean? I think it's there. I think the coaches are so quick to abandon it, though. They they kind of do. That, that is kind of interesting. It's like of the 56 or 53 yards, I can't remember exactly how many specific rush yards we had based on rushing plays. We had like 56 or something. Gabe Irvin had 33 of them. 
Yeah. Why did we just take him out randomly and, and throw in Brody belt in two red zone drives? <laughs> like what's going on? He's yeah. in the red zone. He has 33 yards rushing. It's 20 yards to get to the end zone. How, yeah. how hard is it to just continue to hit the, hit the hole? And if we hit the hole twice and it's not there, like we can make an adjustment at that point. But, mm-hmm. and, and again, with the running back, all week we heard we heard talk about Savian Morrison stepping up and having a great couple weeks. Didn't after see him at all. Nothing. Didn't have a single snap. Like, what's going on? If you're going to play two of the guys, that's wild. Yeah. yeah. So and, I just think, yeah, with you running, if you have a running game, it's going to open everything up. It's going to kind of relieve the pressure. If you think about it, Nebraska really hasn't had that great of a running game since Devino Zigbo. Mm-hmm. And that's when our offense was the best. Under and Scott he's lighting Frost. it up in the preseason yeah. right now. And so it's like, man, is that is that something we're missing with Nebraska's offense? Is that why we keep sputtering? Because I even think you get one Ozigba yard. was a down year from like where we had been as well with yeah. Burkhead and Abdullah. Absolutely, it was. It was. You know what I mean, it, yeah, it wasn't even like I don't think anyone would be like, man, he was fantastic. Absolutely, but you you get one yard or negative one yard on first down. Now you're second and long. Then we get an incomplete pass, and here you are third and long, and you're just in a crappy situation. And you, and you the pressure's on Adrian well Martinez. Third and, long. and so, like, yeah, Adrian Martinez he needs to be sharper. He needs to to do better with the ball. Yeah. And when the guys are open, hit him. But I also understand, like, man, he has a lot of pressure as well when there's no run game to back him up. And yeah, so yeah. we need that run game going if we want our offense to open. I'm going to – I, I want to do this other one just, like, probably, like, take a minute on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But do we agree Scott Frost coaching is the biggest factor? Here's what I'm going to say. No. I think hmm. the coach's game plan this week was enough to win us the game and through missed PATs, a safety, and a fumble recovery for a touchdown is a, was – accounted for 11 points and we lost by eight yeah i think the coaching game plan was good enough to win the game and i'm gonna say our two biggest captains and then the team just didn't execute it and yeah. so how much i guess the the thing really i guess really what the question is is how much of like cam taylor Britt trying to run backwards to receive a punt inside the 10 yard line how much is that is actually a coaching issue yeah like has he been has he been taught not to do that or like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I don't, I don't know. Has anyone been like, Hey, you stand at the 10 yard line. And if it's going to go over your head, don't touch it. Dude. I learned stand that at in the midget fi- football. I know that's what, I was, so, so, that, so that's what I'm saying is like these, these types of errors, like, is that actually a coaching issue? Is it a big issue that we don't have a special teams coach? And oh, dude, well, that's, I think and how much of that is on, is on, is on frost. Yeah. I think, I think more than anything and probably reword it is, is Scott Frost's coaching in preparation the issue? And I think, man, he's had more than enough time to recognize these issues. I think after year one, a coach that was able and willing to see through the rose, take the rose-colored glasses off and see, my game plan's not going to work. I don't have the right guys in these positions. And so if if I'm going to try and fit a round peg in a square hole, or a square peg in a round hole? Is that which one is it? I can't remember. Well, it depends. But, it just it's if the one you think you're trying to shove is bigger, it's not going to work. <laughs> so if I'm going to try and fit something bigger into a smaller hole, <laughs> it just doesn't work. And it just that, doesn't work. That's the geometry, I know. dude. He's just trying to though, and I think, dude, take Cam Taylor Britt out from returning punts at all. If it were me, and I'm not a coach by any means, but if it were me, he's not a captain this week. Like you can't make you can't make decisions like that to return a punt running backwards on the one yard line and catch it in the end zone, get tackled and throw the ball forward and then think, yeah, you know, next week he's probably going to lead our team. He's probably going to be the leader of the team. I think it just falls down to preparation, man. If you're going to, if you can't prepare a team to play for four quarters without getting bum tired, 
like Illinois, I was talking with Drew on the couch, and he was explaining, like, man, playing defense is, is hard for four quarters, and the offense isn't helping them. I was like, yeah, but their offense has been on the field for just as long as our defense, and they are not tired. They are pushing us around. So at what point is it does it come down to where does a coach draw the line and say, no, we're like – we're going to we're going to run laps or we're going to do whatever it takes to get prepared for this game. And I don't think it's his coaching game plan. I think if executed, obviously, like it was it was working. Receivers were open. Guys were making plays. Our defense played awesome for a quarter. But as soon as one thing fell apart, the wheels fell off the bus and it was a it was a horrible flaming car wreck from that point moving forward. And I think that is an I think the only thing that we can draw conclusions from is that Scott Frost hasn't and maybe isn't able to prepare a team to deal with yeah. to deal with the 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 immediate ramifications of a mistake. Like I just don't think they're able to overcome anything. I don't know if he can do it as a coach. I don't know if the team can do it as a reflection of the head coach. And that's so frustrating because it seems like it should be so easy to just be like, "Ah, just get over it, you know? Like we'll get over the hump. We'll we'll make that the next play, the next game and then we do the same thing." And then we'll ah we'll fix it. And then we we hear the same press conference every week. Man, I'm on a I'm on one. But I think just, as much as it hurts, like yeah. he just needs to make the decision. Fire the people that need to get fired. Hire the people that need to get hired to do the job that the the Big Ten requires you to do. You know, it was whatever four year five years ago where he said you know like they better get us now because we're only going to get better. Well, <laughs> we haven't. We literally haven't gotten better or worse. It's just the exact same. So. That, I think, is just a, a reflection of coaching. And I think as soon as he is able to make those decisions, I think we'll get over the hump. I think we'll make the – it won't It won't be – you know, we're not going to win nine games next year maybe, but we might win eight or seven, surprise some people, and then go to a bowl game, maybe lose, and, you know. But it's <laughs> like we got we to gotta make, make the small decisions first. Yeah. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, um, that's tough because I see, I see what you're saying, the frustrations with Cam Taylor-Britt. Um, but also like, man, does that take away fear of failure? If you make one mistake and you're taken off as a captain, you're taken off as special teams. Like that's, that's what's the hard balance of like fear of failure. But I understand the higher expectation you has as a captain. Like, honestly, I have no doubt Cam Taylor Britt's going to come back and bounce back from that. I think he, he's eaten himself for those mistakes. Um, I do trust him as a captain, I'm um, leading this team just sort of what I've seen over his, his years at Nebraska. And so, um, yeah, so I, I don't know if I would um, take him off as a captain for next week mm. just because I think that would send a horrible message to the team potentially of, of no fear of failure. failure. Yeah, but, but I, could say how, I, I could say it depends on how you deliver it. If it's like next man up, we believe that, that you sure. can do it. Yeah, And I, I think maybe it probably wouldn't be like a season thing. It probably would just be – I don't know. I think I think they probably. I would hope that Scott had him in for a one-on-one conversation of, like, "Hey, you didn't play great, and we. I need you to lead this team. So this week, I need you to bring everything in practice and get guys going." Yeah, like, which, I, which I which I which, which be, I believe I, be I believe I believe he does. I believe yeah, I like so. I believe those conversations happen. And I at least I want I want to love. believe. I think Scott's like always lead with love. I want I want them to know how much I care about them. Yes, but it it also you it's hard to explain how much you care about them. If you just continuously let them make the same mistakes without any consequences. Sure. All the time, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, that's hard for me in like in my, in my realm of work. And, and, and it's hard for me as a brother and as a, as a, 
now a husband to be like, no, I'm going to continue to make the same mistakes. And if nobody, if nobody tells me, Hey, like we need to, you need to stop doing this and you need to like hard stop doing this. Like, I don't think they're doing it because they don't like me or they don't think I can do it, but they know like I'm going down the path that I shouldn't. And so I need, I need to have somebody say, knock it off, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to knock it off for you. And then mm-hmm. we're going to work together to get back to that point. Oh yeah. And so maybe sure. taking him off as a captain is is a bad is yeah. a bad move. But, but yeah, totally, totally. The correction of you can't make those plays if you're going to be out there in special teams for Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Totally, totally agree with that. Well, let's get into some um, some predictions for this week. We play Fordham, um, the Fighting Fordhams. The Fordhams, so, baby. Um, yeah. So starting off with our wives' predictions, we called. I called my wife right before we recorded, <laughs> and she's at work, and so I called her work phone. She's like, "James, I don't have time for this." I was like, "Babe, just give me a score quick." And she said, "19 to 21." I don't know, and she, and then then she hung up. So I, I don't know. I'm assuming she meant Nebraska, Nebraska is first, but knowing Naomi, if I called her, she'd probably be like, no, I said Nebraska would, would win, but it'd be close. But I'm going to say that Naomi thinks they're going to lose 19 to 21, which on the bright side means that we're the ones that get the safety this time. There we go. Whoa. If you use that, if you use that 17, yeah. that means we're the we're the safety people. Here we go. But unfortunately, like it's looking maybe like a loss. All, All right. right, Zane, well, what's your wife say? Now that we know James's wife. I hate him. Um, my wife, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> she keeps picking the worst scores, which is a direct reflection of her love for her husband. Um, my <laughs> wife said 38 to 13 Nebraska. So after last week predicting Illinois to win, and she's the only one that was right, she picks Nebraska by 50, uh, 25 points. So we'll see. At home, we'll be at the game. So that's a good luck factor. How hilarious would that be if your wife gets this every single game right this year I, as far as winning? I'm all right with it. I'm all right crazy. Uh, yeah, so my wife, Morgan, she she has a pretty solid score. She guessed 37 to 17, Nebraska. That's and a good so one. That's, that's we need to, genuinely, we need to put at least 40 on this team. There's oh, something different man. about having a four in front of your score. Mm-hmm. I think for our offense's sake of just how they did not do well this week, I think they need to they need to go out and execute the way that they were expected to and help them be like, yes, that's what we're capable of, and that's what we should have done. I think if it's anything less than than 40, it's maybe, I wouldn't say a success, because five touchdowns is still, that's still a lot. Yeah. But but I think, I, I want them to go out and feel like we had a dominant performance. So getting into my actual score, I think we're going to win 35-17. Um, I do think that they're going to, they're going to, I think we're going to have a couple mistakes. Probably special teams will put them in a good position. They'll have they'll string a couple little drives together, and I think that's where they get to 17. Yeah, I have 38-20. I would love to see 40. I don't know. I think we might get up pretty big before half and then um, take the foot off the and gas then take a the little foot bit. off the gas and kind of get some other guys some, some playing I would be, time. I would actually be okay with that. That would feel the same. Yeah. Where it's like it was so dominant in the first half, we can get some other guys in, maybe if they score a little bit. You know what I mean? But like that would still feel like we went out and dominated and did what we were supposed yeah. to. Yeah, I see – um, we played a team a couple years ago to fill the spot for Akron that we couldn't play. I can't even remember the name of the school. I was there and we, we just blew the doors off of them. And, you know, it was fun to watch us just have fun out there and play football. I, I can kind of see this game kind of taking the same shape. I think we could probably easily score more than 38, but I think they'll probably get some garbage time points at the end, you know, with their starters against our third team or something. Yeah, to make it look a little yeah, closer. Yeah, to make it look a little easy. I actually had 38 to 13, the same as my wife. And then I was like, I can't, I can't let her beat me. So. That's a good call. 38 to 20. Yeah, you know, I. this is all hope. But after last week's performance, I think Nebraska comes out pretty fiery, just wants to show that they're better than that. So I think we come out and we win 42 to 10. Mm. Um, 
Man, I'd love to see it. Right. Um, yeah, I think I want to see our defense have a great stand, which we'll kind of go into just a fun question I want to ask you guys is, what needs to happen this game for you guys to be like, okay, I feel a little bit more confident in Nebraska? For so, me, I would say, like, if Nebraska somehow completely shuts out Fordham, mm-hmm. zero points, I think I can go into Buffalo feeling, okay, I'm, I got a little bit of confidence back for Nebraska yeah. if we shut for, them down. For the record... Nebraska was three and five last year, right? Mm-hmm. I couldn't watch three games, and that was all the games they won. And I'm doing a wedding on Saturday, so I don't know how much of this game I'll be able to see. <laughs> oh, Here we go. So, in the last in the last two years, I literally have not watched a Nebraska win in real time. I've had to watch the game later. <laughs> oh, oh my no. god! And do you know how are you still a fan? The dude? thing that does to your psyche, dude. It's rough. It's rough. <laughs> anyway, if I, I disagree with Chris, so I'll just move on. Zane. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think if we if we pull a Clemson versus Sentinel and we go seventy three to ten or something, oh man, and we just we just obliterate them and the starters play the whole game, you know, you know, you see those teams at the top, they lose a game and then they go play like Jackson State or something, and they just we're going to take out every frustration we have, and our starters are going to play every we're minute, punt it a thousand yards each time. <laughs> Out of the stadium. I think it would just take a massive blow yeah. the doors off of them. That'd feel good. And then it, the same the next week. And then we just got to be prepared to go into Oklahoma. But sure. We'll see how it goes, guys. This this podcast has been rough. Hopefully next week's a little bit better. But we want to thank you for listening to the Big Red Rundown. We hope you have enjoyed this as much as we have. We're having a blast even when we lose. Always um, love it. Go Big Red for it. life. Yeah, without a doubt. So next week we're going to talk Fordham recap. Hopefully talk about a massive win and then we're going to look ahead to buffalo coming to town so uh we'll have our usual dose of healthy debates and in all likeliness probably cry a lot so um check us out on hopefully of of joy hopefully tears of joy yeah (laughs) check us out on spotify for sure and hopefully we'll soon be on uh other plat uh, although all other podcast platforms we'll be on itunes real soon so give us a review and share it with your friends we love um hearing about you guys talking about us so follow us on twitter at big red rundown and send your comments and questions to big red rundown at gmail.com we'll see you guys next time